I've been involved in the Innovative Agency's signature experiences for the last three years. In Year 6, I did MySpace, an upcycled clothing which develops skills in synthesising and generating solutions. In Year 7, I took part in the BEST project, working in a team connecting with a local winery to pose questions and engage with experts. I made it through to the finals of the Year 8 Innovate project with my book holder design, which taught me skills in problem seeking, prototyping and refining. I really enjoyed these projects and I feel like they have helped me to develop my agency skills and change my attitude towards how to approach projects that are different and innovative. Welcome to this special series on learner agency, a defining feature in the emerging future of schools. I'm your host, Luca Parry, and in this collaboration between the Learning Future and the Association of Independent Schools of South Australia, we orbit 10 lessons shared by global education expert, Charlie Ledbeater. This is episode two, Capabilities and Agency. Thanks, Luca. Um, well, I think we all know that rote learning of superficial content in siloed subjects um, is not going to prepare children for a world, their world now, which is volatile, uncertain, which demands constant adaption and creativity. It just doesn't prepare you for what that world is going to be like, to think that learning is about providing the right answer at the right time under very artificial conditions. So young people need to learn how to make a difference to their world, not just to cope with it, <clears throat> not just to get by, but to make it afresh and to learn how to make an impact, how to make a difference. And so where does that capacity for agency come from? What are the underlying capabilities that are needed for it so that you can act on purpose in conditions of uncertainty where you don't know what the outcome is going to be and where there might be many possible outcomes? Well, knowledge is clearly absolutely vital for this, but it's more than knowledge of just subjects, maths here, English there, language there, a science here. It's the ability to assemble and reassemble knowledge from several disciplines and to apply it in several different contexts that matters, not just in one context. And to do that, you need an understanding of the underlying principles, the concepts, the strings, the theories. So you can take knowledge and apply it in different ways. So that kind of knowledge that you require to tackle complex challenges, that doesn't come from one person usually ever. It comes from collaboration. It comes from understanding our own limits and seeing the case for collaboration to work with other people. So collaboration is absolutely critical and the, the capabilities and the attitudes to feed that empathy, cooperation, self-regulation knowing how to listen, knowing how to contribute, knowing how to take responsibility for what you do with others. And that means embracing ambiguity. It means not fending off uncertainty, but stepping into it. Uh, not yearning for there to be one right answer, but to learn that there could be many good answers depending on the circumstances. So uncertainty is a condition for creativity. Um, it's not knowing what might be possible that opens up all the things that could be possible. And so agency is not a specific thing. It's not a, a class. It's not a program. It's not a project. It's an underlying set of capabilities to be applied in many different settings. And of course, critical to that is resilience, the ability to pick yourself back up, to reflect and learn, to use setbacks, to 
um, push you forward. And we know that that kind of resilience is a kind of team capability does reside in individuals, but mostly it resides in teams and in groups of people who help one another. So if you want to spot agency, I think in a way you have to see where it happens. And where it happens is where knowledge and capability come together with skills in a context where young people are learning how they can make a difference. And it's that sort of dynamic combination of knowledge, skills and capabilities in context with a purpose that then creates the agency. And all of that is fed by you know, quite specific sorts of building blocks about cooperation, empathy, mm. self-regulation, resilience, so on and so forth, that build up over time to create this really quite complex but powerful sense of dynamic learning. So it's about those things coming together, I think agency and the capabilities that underlie that are really critical. Mm. Charlie, I'm really interested in this idea of the capabilities being a foundation for almost one's capacity to learn. And you speak about, in some ways, the different capabilities and how they function both at individual and relational levels. And, you know, and the idea, of course, of the economic, creative, civic and moral aspects of those capabilities. This isn't just, for example, so that we can have great innovators or you know, economic activity, that seems to be part of it. It's this idea, I think, around capabilities for learning for life. So just take us a little bit deeper into the, in the interwoven connection between those elements and how, and how you see the capabilities as this foundational piece. Well, I think we, in this project that we've been working on, have, have thought about um, agency as operating across different domains. And so it's about, um, can you create value? Um, so can you create things which are helpful and useful for other people? So that might be economic value, but it, it might also be value in other senses. Can you be creative? Can you bring new things into the world? Can you be um, a creative agent? Can you be moral? Do you know what the right thing is? Do you have a sense of acting to do the right thing and can you kind of be civic can you govern with other people can you take responsibility for decisions and agency and the most powerful projects i think we see in the practices that embody this bring together these senses of agency they don't compartmentalize them are you going to have phsc over here or an ethics class over here it's about ethics and economics going absolutely hand in hand or ethics and creativity or civics and creativity or what have you. It's how they all combine, really. Um, <clears throat> and that has to be both an individual journey, so I'm reflecting on myself, but it has to be also a powerful, collaborative and even collective journey. So a journey for a whole school, a journey for a group of students. So you build up this um, picture of the experiences that young people will have of these different dimensions of agency at different sorts of scales and how they feed one another uh, and build up through a, a process of reflecting on the kind of initiatives they've taken what they've learned through that how that feeds back in and gradually i think what you see is um you know it doesn't mean throwing everything out it means that many of the things that we have been doing um, to build up knowledge, skills, capabilities, they still matter, but they matter in a different way. 
Mm. And most importantly, how they matter is that they have to be combined. They don't, they're not kept in separate compartments. Because if you keep them in separate compartments, they're inert. It's when they're combined that they become dynamic. And that skill of learning how to combine them and daring to combine them is the skill of really skillful learning practitioners, designers, facilitators, teachers, principals. And that, I think, is what you see in the schools that are really motoring with this. They create that dynamic. And that dynamic is kind of infectious. Oh, that's a wonderful place to start, Charlie. And as you can see, and as you know, we have four amazing practitioners from three different schools here who are both daring and building that skill to kind of integrate these dimensions of agency. And so I'd, I'd love for the four of you to introduce yourselves and a little bit about you know, the work that you're doing. I'm Jackie Lovett from Southern Bells Christian College. And uh, we're an ELC to the 12th school um, in the southern region of Adelaide. Great, thanks Jackie, great to have you here. I'm Heidi Scriven, also from Southern Bells Christian College. Um, and I'm head of science and I've got aquaculture as a background as well. How interesting, thanks Heidi, great to have you. I'm Carrie. I work at Think, which is a school in the city here in Adelaide. We cater for 17 to 24 year olds who have previously disengaged from education and have chosen to re-engage and spend some time with us. A wonderful context. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, my name is Sandra Barron from Endeavour College. We're a 7 to 12 school in the north of Adelaide. We're a Lutheran school as well. And I guess we've been involved in the project for, um, since its inception three years ago, and it's been a really positive experience in terms of what we've seen in terms of outcomes. Great to have you all here with us to really again just share the lived experience of how, how do you take these ideas and make them real for learners, for educators, for communities. Sandra, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about this, this idea of capabilities and agency and where you started on your journey. Uh, there at Endeavour? So we started on our journey probably with our, um, what we were calling our vision, or what we still call our vision for learners statement. So we, that was a, a, a teaching statement. It was about, about the, for the teachers, it was um, based on what we were, it, it does articulate graduate qualities. And it was based very much on the, the work of, of Charlie. When you, you, you talk, Charlie, about being independent learners, being interdependent, and also being able to take collective action in their world. So that's where we, we started. Mm. Um, and then we looked, because that was a teacher framework, then we went into, well, it's all, it is actually about the students. What are we going to get students to be doing such that they are taking this agency? And we have an, um, we're really blessed in our community in that the students are exceptional. They are the loveliest students and they're really compliant. We can ask them to do lots of things and they will do them. And I guess that that was our challenge and that's where we were starting with is that, you know, you can't be compliant. You need to, you know, this work has to come from, from within. And I guess that's where we were really trying to develop in students that idea of the intrinsic notion of, notion of their own agency and being active in that. It, it, it's not something that they were looking at from the inside or someone's asked me to to do something, therefore I'm going to work in a group. Mm. Um, so I guess that's where we've been working at the moment and uh, yeah. Then. Yeah, uh, Sandra, that, that idea of com compliance is a really interesting one actually in the way that uh, we've spoke about this in the previous podcast, Charlie, the idea of, you know, the education system is kind of the way that it's been designed is really for this idea of a very long journey towards 
a few answers that are already known by somebody in the room. So it's this kind of really interesting idea of how do we move from compliance to unlocking agency. Uh, Carrie, give us a bit of sense as well, you know, with you and your work there, you think. Where did you start on this journey? Um, our school has been operating with students for four years. So coming into this project three years ago was yeah. excellent because it really created a framework for us to do some work that we already wanted to be doing and we were already trying to do. So the purpose of you think um, as a statement almost is to provide transformative experiences for our students to live lives that matter to them. And the premise is that they're not living lives that matter to them sure. at the moment. And they're young adults struggling to find that life that matters and purpose. And so the word agency in our context is almost interchangeable with that phrase, a life that matters to them. Mm. So they need agency to do that. So for us in our infancy as a school coming into this project we took charlie's framework we already had our own capability framework um, that we were trying to articulate and flesh out and we run a capability-based curriculum so all our learning is filtered through the lens of a capability and growing competence in that capability so we've got a framework with 18 capabilities which are all um stemming from the personal and social capability that Sace and Kara run with. We've just fleshed it out a bit mm. more because we realised that's what our students needed. And so then we've taken our framework and then used Charlie's framework of agency in those four domains to create a fairly solid base for our curriculum. And now we use both of those concepts to kind of for ourselves in what we share with our students or what our students bring to us and say they want to explore. If we if it doesn't fit into one of our capabilities which align with Charlie's, then it's not something that we do. We kind of use that as a real DNA mm. kind of base for what we're doing. Mm. That's that's great. Yeah, keeping it really in scope. You know, this is this is who we are and owning that capability approach. And compliance is not something we experience, <laughs> <laughs> which is um, because of the age of our students and sure. their previous experiences. And so we really value code design mm. with our students, which we kind of treat as a continuum as well. Like sometimes our students design a lot and we do very little. Other times we design more and they give us a smaller input. So mm. it's always sliding back and forth. But yeah, so we're kind of looking at agency as that life that matters to you concept. Mm, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Heidi, Jackie, what about your experiences? Jackie, you'll give a bit more about the uh, the change of culture. And so I might pass over to her first and then I might go afterwards. Maybe. Great. So we, we set out on this project, Charlie, thinking we were going to have a, a product um, that we'd come up with a learner profile. <laughs> and because um, we know that um, we really need that as a school. So we actually need to have some articulated qualities that we want to see um, students graduate with. Um, but what we didn't expect was to have to really deeply understand student agency and then to, to really dabble in that space of, okay, well, what are the enablers of agency and what's the vehicle that agency rides on really? Mm. And um, so we've, we've done a lot of deep thinking as a school and um, we, I guess we've 
already created this culture of change um, where we implemented understanding by design, so a deep thinking curriculum. We thought we'd go really, really well. Um, and then we came into this project and realised, oh, we, there's so much more that we need to understand. Um, and I think what we've done is we've laid a foundation um, in terms of a thinking um, for a culture of change with um, agencies. So, um, that's great. No, that's it's really interesting. This idea of, and and you've we've picked this up as well from Sandra. The idea of having an articulated graduate profile or learner profile. That's our shared destination. And then the question is, what's the vehicle to get us there? And that will manifest differently depending on context, perhaps. Ah, what do you want to add to Jackie's thoughts? We went on further to develop a quite lengthy hypothesis, which has still remained quite lengthy. Um, so <laughs> I might just read that out first. It was, uh, as students engage in meaningful real-world problems in familiar and new contexts within schooling by design projects and understanding by design units, they will develop as curious ethical collaborators who have kindness and grit. And uh, just recently I was given a coffee cup by Year 12 right. and my mum shared a little story with me about uh, coffee and it, and it sort of helped me understand capabilities a bit more. And so it was uh, in a coffee cup, uh, if someone comes and bumps you, so an interruption bumps you, what comes out? And, and obviously coffee. And if you've got it filled with tea, then tea comes out. And um, so it helped me to reflect on what is it that's inside of you, inside of me, and uh, what comes out when we're faced with these problems. And certainly COVID is an example of that. And, um, you know, you find out the richness and, and you get to reflect on where your strengths and your weaknesses are so that you can not only work on them individually, mm. but work on them as a collective that you may become stronger and then as a result, you can achieve far greater things. And so um, I saw this as being a much deeper, richer um, experience for my students and, um, and the importance of that for obviously future students. Mm. I think we, we won't talk much about the pandemic because it's, it's so impactful, but and yet we know that for, and Charlie, you may have a comment here as well, you know, the capabilities that, we've all had to utilize during this really significant period of dislocation and dis disruption, coupled with the idea that we've never been, had a sense of being so connected because actually we're all in this together, um, particularly in kind of local communities and schools that have had to rapidly change um, overnight, you know, entire models. Charlie, any, any reflections here about hearing, you know, the genesis across three different school contexts that you may want to contribute? A few things strike me. The first is you never start from a blank sheet, do you? So there's always stuff going on. And so if an idea comes along, it's always about how it merges with, combines with what you're already doing. And so um, that's, the, that's the first thing is that you're never, even you think in a way designing from scratch new school, but there was a sort of framework and then something else came along. So it is this constant process of combination and building. The second thing is um, this really um, powerful sense that um, Heidi in particular talked about, but everyone else did, which is this sense of what we're trying to do here is unlock some things, to get some things which are sort of hidden in these mm -hmm. containers, get them out. Um, and that sense of unlocking, which I think is unlocking for teachers as well as students, that the unlocking has to happen on both sides, if you will. Um, 
Um, and then this sense that um, Sandra started as by talking about, which is you can get a sort of superficial success, which is compliant, ticks the box, gets the right answer, but it doesn't have deep roots. And this is something about planting deep roots so that there's a stronger, deeper sense of success or a strong, or sense of achievement or capability, just confidence. Um, and that has to come from um, putting yourself in different situations where you're testing what you know and what you can do with different people so that you're seeing that in a kind of more um, diverse kind of way, I suppose. But there's this sense of wanting to be stronger as a result of this, deeper, because mm. it's got deeper foundations, deeper roots. Um, and I'm really struck by yeah, the difference between, I mean, in a way, the difference between Carrie at think working with young people who are slightly older in that journey and co-creating with them and Sandra working with people who are slightly, young people who are slightly younger, but in a sense, this sort of the same story, which is learning is a sort of structured relationship, isn't it? A relationship structured to be co-produced and co-created. And it's when that dynamic works um, that you really get to this deeper sense of mm. what we what we can do what we can um what capabilities we have to to make a difference so i that's great charlie sandra maybe let's let's go to you and and just build on on that insight so you know we're seeing this shift in the ambition the new learning ambition is to you know unlock agency rather than kind of continue with compliance and that's really the education system we've all inherited so tell us a bit more about the journey you know what over the last couple of years have you how have you journeyed together as a as a group of educators to try to you know shift the way that that agency is expressed um in the school yes i think that one of the things that we did very early on and that was part of um, your um, direction charlie when we started the project was about definition and i think that that is was one of our key things at the beginning that, and I guess part of what I think, um, Jackie, you were saying as well, that we kind of didn't really, we realised the further we went on in the project, we actually didn't really understand a great deal about what agency was. And, and I guess when we were hearing people coming from our own community saying, you know, agency, voice and choice, and, um, and we had a, um, we've just formulated a new strategic plan for the next few years and, and working with the board about, you know, student agency, that's one of our key strategic goals. And so, and, and that was part of the process, but, you know, the people, oh, we, we, you just go have to change the language. We don't understand what agency is. Just need to call it something else. And, and that really struck me as, you know, that I hadn't done my job because, you know, if we didn't, if not everyone was on the same page with understanding truly what authentic agency is. You know, people would bandy around, oh, it's voice and choice. Yeah. Well, if it's only voice and choice, then we've really undersold what it is. And yeah. we haven't done our jobs and we haven't really developed that um, that understanding. So I guess the other, we looked at that definition part with staff, but we also looked at it with students. So we had a series of different student focus groups who looked at mm. what do you think agency is? How do you see yourself taking agency? What level of agency would you like to see yourselves taking or or do you feel that you can and that was obviously a very very enlightening discussion that you would have and i guess that carrie you would your discussion with your students would be significantly different in outcome than um 
than what our students mm -hmm. were saying. But um, yeah, so it was it was really interesting, and it was part of that journey of getting everybody to understand that a student agency is not just having a voice and being able to choose a few things. Um, it's yeah. much more fundamental than that, and that that our, that we needed to make sure that we were coming from a very authentic level. And I guess that's where we tried to work from the general capabilities. And like um, Youth Inc, we looked at uh, the ACARA capabilities underpinning that as well. Mm. Um, and we had with the students, our vehicle was um, uh, what we call Kegger Connection Night. Um, to share what's it, what's that, it called? Care Group Connection Night. Care group connection, so right. It's a pastoral program where um, students, their parents, and the care group teacher meet, um, usually it's about once a year. And we aligned that with our vision for learners and the agency project. So that students would come in in year seven. We had two entry points at the very beginning that was year seven and year 10. And so the year sevens came in and year tens came in. and they spoke about independence they're developing independence they had that because our hypothesis was about right. students being able to reflect and articulate their capabilities and those students who can do that have a greater sense of agency so mm. that's what we were working on and that's and then the next entry point was year nine and year 11 and they their focus is interdependence and then year sorry year eight and year 11 year nine and year 12 their focus is going to be because that's our next step is right. collective action so the work Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that idea of progressing from... Yeah, so I think getting back to your original question, I think it was more about that very early one on it was about definition and right. making sure that um, you know, we knew as a team, because if we weren't really clear of that and consolidate that as a team, it was going to be very difficult to articulate that to the group convincingly. Yeah, I mean, that really picks up some of the comments from lesson one, which is around language, you know, what's the, what is the language we're using? And, and of course, the idea of the philosophy as well, meeting the practice, meeting the product. Carrie, take us into, into your world a little bit here as well, just, you know, piggybacking off what Sandra has spoken to. Sure. Um, it's interesting because choice and that student choice, even in a completely different context, was still a common uh, theme or challenge for us um, in that not having a content-based curriculum, we teach capabilities and we um, only assess against a cross-disciplinary suite of subjects. So we we have everything out on the table in terms of what we do with our students or what they choose to engage with, but they don't know what to choose. And we're like, we started in the early days and saying, what do you want to do? And we're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what sure. we want to do. What are you passionate about? But yeah. then we can't co-design if they don't, tell us what that and then if you're not passionate about something then obviously you have no capability and passion and you're a terrible person but maybe you, so this whole tension around choice but then um we found a lot of meaning when charlie spoke with us about that um tension between knowledge and purpose and does knowledge drive purpose or does purpose create the need for knowledge which then gave and me personally, some clarity around that co-design issue. And then I mentioned before, we kind of think of it as a linear, like a sliding scale now, rather than saying we co-design everything with our students. Yeah. Sometimes the students have that purpose and they, they come asking for the knowledge. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll build a project or something around knowledge 
And then the Cray design has come right back to me. And then we weren't, that didn't sit too well because we were like, no, no, the students need to be more involved, but they'd given us the purpose. So mm -hmm. we helped with the knowledge. And then sometimes it does work the other way around where they, they get a little bit of knowledge, which then drives a much bigger purpose. And then mm -hmm. the co-design slides back down to the student who's who comes to us and says, this is my purpose, help me get there. Mm. So they're like, great, excellent, let's go with that. So it's been a real journey of, of understanding and that language stuff and the concept understanding and us being okay with what our actual vision and purpose as an alternate school is yeah. and understanding that difference between choice and agency and growing agency isn't just about having choice so mm. yeah it's been challenging for sure i love i love some of the tensions there charlie you might want to pick up in a moment around you know the idea of rigor but not rigidity i think is so interesting you know how you had you know and, and young people don't know what they don't know and so this is the role of us as learning designers potentially is how do you move across that co-design spectrum from you know yeah, and driving enough knowledge inside so that the purpose then also builds alongside it. Um, Jackie, Heidi, a little bit more around your own journey as well. I mean, a wonderful articulated vision of this is where we want to go. Take us a little bit across, the, you know, the last three years of development. Yep, so we, um, we're really interested in um, sort of understanding agency, understanding um, the situations where agency can occur and then what enables agency so like the i guess three tiers to it and um building out as i was saying before about from um our understanding of our design curriculum and we, i guess we landed in the space of real world problem solving mm. um and trying to come up with this understanding of what's authentic um and i guess we were, we were building our understanding in that space um and then what enables all that to happen so we, we uh, actually asked Luke himself here <laughs> to come and um, peter us about uh, design thinking um, and hoping that that would build out towards um, we were problem solving but then we worked at the sliding scale really in um, authenticity can actually build to embed things deeply in, in units which can um, lend themselves to ethical understandings and um, you know societal understandings and and real world issues that lay in that place and mm. the other uh, end of the scale is opportunistic moments for um, real world problem solving and they're interested in that connection then between what enables students to do this what disables them yeah um and we had um uh, mary actually recommended us you know why don't we shadow some students and find out you know what, what oh, that's great is and um what other disabled of agency really what did we say um so to tell a story mm. um so we had a uh, infestation really of uh cockatoos which quite on right. trend at the moment cockatoos, yep. so the white birds of the yellow crisp uh down at our Odinga campus and they were literally eating the school so <laughs> i was ripping the uh, basketball Apart, gutters yeah. buildings so. and so the year three four group um a new teacher who's um, quite full of thinking. Like, Why don't you take this opportunity to do some design thinking? Let's let's use this as a, an opportunity to find out what uh, some enablers and disabled agency 
um, you know, they got into that space. It was so interesting and fresh off the back of some um, professional development. And uh, they came up with so many interesting, complex ideas. But this whole idea uh, of being ethical, um, you know, and ethical understanding. So realising that actually students don't natural, aren't naturally just what we think should be ethical and having to create and build that capacity within them. Uh, so no, we're not going to catch all the birds in a net and, <laughs> <laughs> and other things, which I won't go into. But, um, you know, the most incredible ideas, like right? throw seeds, like in the opposite fields to so that that all fly away, you know. And um, good jobs, the smells make a difference, you know. And so it was interesting um, going back to this idea of what uh, students who have grit, who really wanted to solve this problem, all of their students who just wanted to please their teachers and get a good answer. So, you know, it was interesting just exploring mm. space of it's such a wonderful example as well. I used to imagine this flock of <laughs> flying around. And it was the thing squawking. is, it was so loud. Yeah. The teachers couldn't yeah. teach. They had to shut their doors and just managed to teach fast. Well, since they're so interesting, it's like what learning is happening outside the window. Such an interesting yeah. thing to consider, you know, and making it so authentic. You know, this is a real world problem that they can see and solve. And Charlie, your point around creativity coming from uncertainty, you know. Um, Heidi, what do, you, do you want to contribute to that at all? Absolutely. So, yeah, in the last uh, three years, we've spent lots of time in this washing machine, uh, which yeah. Charlie spoke about. I'm so grateful you told us that at the start, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's very much the design process, isn't it? That we we are constantly uh, redesigning, we're co-designing, we are uh, constantly researching and changing our ideas. And uh, for, for that to be a culture change in a school, that needs to be a part of everybody's experience. For that to be an authentic we mm. working together, um, we all need to understand that design process and, and uh, then we're able to work collectively on these um, these problems together, such as yeah the bird issue or any other issue that we may be faced with uh, now and in the future. So um, so that that experience of I've, I've thought about okay well sometimes like I've done these micro um, designs like with students and and seen some of that, but how can I make that bigger? Okay, so I teach a number of classes. Well, why can't I make a big project that all of them? Are working collectively on to to then uh, come up with a problem, solve that problem, wrestle with that problem, mm. go into that washing machine, and and yes, we'll see lots of those capabilities needing work, um, and and mine too. So uh, we can learn together. So that was, I think, the process that Charlie put us through has been one of the most important things. Uh, from this project for me and looking at how that could look for my students, that it's not never a ticking of the box. It's always an experience. And at the end of that experience, it becomes a part of who you are. And because you've iterated, 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 it becomes you. And uh, so it doesn't matter what you're faced with, that becomes, that's natural. And it will just, like I said, come out that coffee cup. Mm. When, when you are disrupted, that will be what comes out of that coffee cup. Yeah. Gosh, so so many wonderful things to pick up there, Charlie. What what? How do you want to? Uh, <laughs> what do you want to tackle? And uh, before you say too many good things, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are so many different things in that. 
so the first thing is this washing machine idea, which um, Heidi talked about, which was you know just just describing this world where you know a lot of a lot of organisations are kind of you know they need ironing, they need the creases ironing out, and you know that does matter, but you've got to have clean clothes. So this idea of the washing machine that your things are moving round and round the whole time, and what what strikes me about these schools is that the process they're talking about is not a straight line process. It's not an A to B process. It's a, more like a spiral or a vortex, or it's something that's sort of gathering momentum by picking things up. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that strikes me is how pragmatic um, everyone is. So, you know, both uh, Sandra and um, Carrie have talked about, okay, we've got this capabilities thing, a car have got these capabilities, we can work with that. You know, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. Um, we're not going to be doctrinaire. We'll we'll use that. That's fine. And then <clears throat> um, so, um, Jackie and Heidi talk about, okay, a situation comes along. Okay, we can use that. Stuff happens. We'll take that opportunity. Um, so it's not, a, uh, I really like, Luca, the way you said it's not about being rigid. It's about being rigorous. It's not about being doctrinaire. It is about being pragmatic and learning how to assemble these things and sort of make them work um, together. And very struck by, by Heidi talking about, you know, iterating these things and almost sort of like laying down layers of experience that build up over time and become part of you. Um, because they are personal experiences. They're not just, you know, I did well in this test or, you know, or kind of, you know, I can't remember I can remember so many experiences that are powerful learning experiences, but I can't remember a single mark that I got in any test really when I was at school. Um, so that that very powerful sense of of laying down and going deeper, this sort of you know laying down foundations that go deeper, and then um, just finally this this very important thing that um, Carrie said about purpose feeds knowledge. But what happens if students aren't clear what the purpose is? You know, they need to find out. They, it's a sort of process of exploration. So then they need not, there, there is a way of doing this. There are so many ways of doing this in the wrong way. So one way of doing it in the wrong way is to say, oh, this is all about choice. We'll give them choice. Oh, no, it's about choice and voice. So we'll give them choice and voice. Oh, it's about entrepreneurship. We'll run an entrepreneurship program. Or we'll do a thing on the side over here. Another way to get it wrong is to say it's all about students and it's all about their purpose. We need to find their purpose and then we'll adjust to that. Well, what if they don't have a clear purpose? You know, what if they're trying to find that out? So then the role of the teacher and, the and sort of learning design is to say, how does this feel? Or what does that feel like? Or how did that go? Um, and so then you're sort of feeding this opening out, I suppose, to discover and to learn in, in that kind of way. So don't go, I, I suppose the sort of underlying message is don't go in this line. You know, think of it more like a spiral, that it's building from different things that it's picking up as it's going along. I love that, Charlie. And it picks up one of the themes from lesson one, our conversation there, the idea of the external and the internal worlds and the interaction between them, you know, the kind of identity meets intent. And how that, you know, you do iterate and then it becomes, Heidi, you said this, who you are over time and you realize you create your purpose over time. It's such a powerful reflection, I think. Schools are really dynamic places. There's lots of challenges. So I'd love each of you just to briefly reflect on what's been one of the main challenges that 
you've encountered or you continue to encounter and, and how are you trying to you know, kind of work through that? Sandra, we'll start with you. So some of our, we had um, not any large significant um, challenges, I guess. Um, it was definitely, uh, we really appreciated the time that was given to the project outside of the school, so our ability to go somewhere. And that was about headspace and being able to just sit back and have a look and reflect on what we had done up to that point, where we were going next, what that was ne the next was going to look like what had worked, what hadn't worked. And so that was really important for us um, in terms of giving us the space to do that because often we were trying to grab half lessons of meetings or lessons of meetings. And, um, and sure. when you're doing, you're in that um, treadmill, you're kind of not really being able to give your full attention to or have that um, space to be able to think through some of those things. Um, the next thing we had a challenge with was probably how we were going to... Um, bring the next layers on and, and and it was always interesting to me sitting on the team about student agency and this is something that I felt quite compromised in as well is that mm. that we were we were almost designing some of these areas and the students were almost the last ones we were bringing along with us right. and that was a challenge for me because it was about student agency but we had done a lot of the um, structural design previous to that um, and the students were involved in that a little bit, um, but not really significantly. Um, on reflection now, I don't know that that was a, um, a big issue. I think it worked out um, fine and it probably was better in some ways because the we were able to articulate to students a lot more clearly about where we were going and what, why we were doing this and... Um, in terms of their meeting, mm. some of the aims that we, we wanted them to see. Um, yes. Another challenge that is always going to be a challenge in, in schools is um, teacher comfort. We are lucky that we have amazing teaching practitioners at our school and um, the Year 7 teachers really led the process with the coming into the capability work mm. and student and those student-led conferencing that was happening with, with parents. Um, but even though we have you know, people really on board with it, there was also that level of discomfort where um, loss of control would be probably too strong a term to use, but where you know, we were, oh, are students going to be able to do this? Oh, I don't think they are. Mm. Um, and the great moment when the students were able to do it and, you know, oh, wow, I had no idea that those students could really think that deeply about the capabilities yeah. or the things that were happening to them and responding to them. So I guess that was a, it wasn't a significant challenge, but it was something that we needed to be mindful of mm. and respectful of too, because it was a, you know, that's their practice and teachers practice in their, yeah. the way they did things. And, but just allowing them to, to feel comfort in that space was yeah. something that, yeah, I feel like it's a challenge. Absolutely. And um, again, this idea, you know, creativity coming from you know, an uncomfortable, from uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so how do we model that learning pit? You know, which again, you know, the idea of being, we're all in this together. We're going to find out what happens. Um, as, as Both a terrifying for many of us as educators, but also a very exciting moment as well. Carrie, some of the challenges that, that you want to identify? Um, yes, I think 
for us at the moment, the challenge, the big challenge is, is this actually working? Like our hypothesis was, what still is, we're just looking at drawing everything together to present an answer as such. Um, so we started with, if we explicitly teach a capability curriculum, students will experience an increase in agency. Um, but how do we measure agency? And we can't assess agency as you would assess in a traditional school sense. So we're, we're moving into this period at the moment of exploring kind of monitoring and evaluation methods and methodologies and models and how we're actually going to mm. figure this out mm. for ourselves and for our students. So we're bringing our students on that journey with us as well. Correct. Um, because they're the ones we're hypothesizing about. So yep. they're the ones who need to be able to feel this success or this increase in agency. And some students are like, what does that even mean? Mm. Like, I don't know, you tell me. Like yeah. it's your life. What and does your it feel like for you? Agency. What does it feel like? Yeah. Tell us. So we're exploring um, ways of capturing that by a narrative mm. and and we do survey the students as well that we've developed a bit of a model of our own based on Charlie's um, framework. But we've we've just experimented a couple of times with that at the mm. moment. We're literally saying to students, does this make sense? Do you understand it? What does civic agency at a collaborative level look like? Like we're literally sitting around with our students having these conversations because there's no mm. point us deciding a method of evaluation if our students don't yeah. um, uh, connect with it. Yeah. And because of the nature of our school, we, we want to remove that formal style assessment or anything that's kind of a linear or hierarchical mm. assessment. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge and it's where we're putting our effort at the moment to try and figure out how we, how we prove if this is is working which is essentially our whole school as well like does yeah. this model yeah, of correct. education produce positive outcomes? well four years in it's a it's a yeah. wonderful conversation to be having yeah. with the students yeah with the students yeah. yeah um and and how interesting to see what they would share about mm. their lived experience they, as well very honest yeah great <laughs> that's that's good we can't hide anyway that yeah. thank you carrie um hardy jackie again just some challenges and how you've how you've tried to navigate your way through them so at the start, and I guess it still is a bit of a challenge, is not to reduce this to a product. Right. Um, and the rush to, to actually um, just get, you know, one idea and have that as a yeah, checkbox, I've done agency and in this unit and moving on. Mm. Um, so we've certainly come to that realisation of how important it is that agency is part of everything that we do, that it's part of that design process and we want it to be embedded a part of like roots deep going everywhere throughout the entire school um, and so yeah just recently uh, read that experts spend at least 65 percent on thinking behind the scenes whereas novices only spend about two percent on thinking about things before they go and act on it and I can say that at the start, we were ready to act. Charlie, tell us the answer and we'll go and do agency yes. tomorrow. Um, and so uh, we've, we've certainly found that a challenge, but now 
like I can see the richness and I'm so grateful that not only have we had the time over three years to go deeply about what agency is, but also Jenny, um, our wonderful principal, has allowed us time as a staff, um, as a, a lab group, to do further research, to wrestle with those ideas yeah. because uh, yeah, I would have rushed into it and happily gone, I've, I've done it. But now I realise how surface that would have been, how uh, it wouldn't be impactful. It wouldn't have achieved the results that, that we're looking towards. And so it's exciting that we've, we've had the opportunity to do some micro design, but it's actually looking at, is that a part of macro design? Yeah. We want it to be macro design, part of that bigger picture as a whole school, um, not just each of us doing our own little projects on the side and feeling like we're ticking that box. We need it, like I said, roots, those roots embedded throughout the entire school. Is is it feeding from that, that macro design? Is it a part of that bigger plan to future-proof our students? Mm. Fantastic. I love this idea. The micro and macro, Charlie, I'm sure you might want to pick up, you know, cultures, cultures of organisations. Um, Jackie, anything to add to that? I think Heidi said it beautifully. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Charlie, maybe just throw to you for a couple of reflective comments before we, we go around and get a, a piece of advice from our practitioner set here. Um, well, I'm very, I'm very struck by, by Heidi saying, you know, um, we wanted to act, we wanted to get on with it. Um, I mean, you know, that's a good thing um, because in a way it's, it's, you have to reflect on something that you're learning by making a pro in a way. I mean, what was impressive about what you did was thought, oh, we'll do this, we'll act, and then we'll step back and think. And it was like the action was a pro, it opened something up and then you reflected on it and you were prepared to go through that cycle. Um, uh, but, you know, and, the, and that cycle being going deeper you know, not not accepting just a superficial way of doing it. And this combination of doing, thinking, and to some extent, I would say playing in a way, opening up your imagination about what could this be? You know, actually, could I be different? Could this be different? So this sort of cycle of think, do, play, think, do, play, um, do, think, play, it's very important. Um, and that, I think, in, I mean, I'm really struck by... Um, um, the you know in a lot of traditional settings I suppose the teachers show the students don't they and then actually what's happening here a lot of the time is um, the students are showing the teachers but I think there's a critical moment in a lot of these journeys where they have the teachers having decided to try something it's actually the students then pick it up and they show the teachers what's possible with it and there's been a moment of sort of coming back of of, of confirmation, I suppose, or kind of new energy coming in from the students. Mm -hmm. It can't just come from the teachers or um, the staff. And that interplay between the teachers showing the students and the students showing the teachers. And that raises questions, doesn't it, about um, control, but it also raises questions about leadership, who's leading learning. Because mm -hmm actually some of the time the students are now leading the learning and taking responsibility for it. And the final thing I just wanted to mention, I suppose, is this point that um, Carrie and you think have got to, which is, okay, we've, we've got this framework, we want to produce agency, but how do we, how do the students, how do other people know 
that we've actually achieved something or we've made progress. And there is a moment in a lot of innovation work where you you confront what seems to be a sort of, you know, a complete contradiction or a tension. Because now you run up against this notion of, well, do we need to assess it? Well, how do you mm. assess agency? The whole notion of assessment is antithetical to agency. So you've got this contradiction. And often in innovation, the point when you get to this contradiction, where you get these two things which are at loggerheads, where there's this sort of tremendous knot, actually that's the point where you get really creative because it's the resolution of that tension going above it, um, finding a way through it, which then yields something really, really powerful. And I do think that that, that this notion of what becomes of what we've called assessment and becomes talking about impact, talking about learning to make a difference, talking about mm. what you can do, showing it, who's accrediting that from what perspectives, you know, so on and so forth, how you assemble a different picture of yourself, uh, which is all of that is sort of wrapped up in, in, this, in this unpacking of what and moving beyond what assessment should be. Mm. And so I, I think a lot of... Um, a lot of innovation that I'm involved with, I suppose, would would be um, how do we fix a problem within the system, um, and a lot of a lot of problem fixing innovation is about finding problems and correcting them, and there could be issues about you know in this setting assessment. How do we do assessment slightly different? Actually, if you want to move something completely different to a different kind of better system. It's not how do we do assessment differently. It's what's a different way to think about, learn, um, show how learning has impact. It's a different kind of concept altogether. And I think that's the journey that these schools are now on, um, is that the students would leave, be able to tell a completely different story about themselves and what they've learned and the impact that it's had on them and that they could have on the world. That's really mm. where we want to get to. And so then you also then see, um, to be realistic about it, the interaction between schools and these larger frameworks of curriculum, assessment, so on and so forth. And there's an interplay there. And, you know, there's a limit to what schools can just do on their own. You know, yeah. there, there's got to be some conversation there between these larger frameworks and what the schools are doing. But um, it, it, this sense of opening up, it, each time you're doing something, you're opening up a new horizon of a new possibility and a new challenge. Um, it, it's never, oh, we've, we've arrived now. Mm. You know, this is it. There's, there's always some new horizon of possibility open up. Um, it's really, I, I think, really impressive the way that in the midst of the pandemic, you know, we, we started this journey with, face-to-face -face sessions in the midst of the pandemic, we moved all of this work onto Zoom that the schools have managed to keep this going, this journey mm. uh, and be committed to it is, is really impressive, I think. Thank you so much, Charlie. Uh, team, we'll just close out with one piece of advice that each of you might give to another school, an educator, you know, a team that really wanna undertake this work around capabilities and agency in their unique setting. Uh, Sandra, what's your, your advice? So I guess my advice um, from a leadership perspective um, is about setting it as a strategic goal. So by having it 
from the while as much as student agency is very mm. much about groundswell, unless it's a commitment by leadership that that's the direction of the school, then that's very hard to, um, to you know to to move yeah, it yeah. move it through the through the school. So I guess that would be it. And the other thing was just jump in. It was a piece of advice that uh, Charlie gave very early, Charlie, on one of your um, sessions. It was it was probably the most um, confronting piece of advice that you gave me was just, you know, jump in and start anywhere. And that was terrifying, but we just went, all right, Charlie said it was all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, and we didn't, I guess it gave us a lot to things to start with and yeah. also be able to draw other people in and just see where we would be able to take it. Great. Um, I love that. Set it strategically and jump in, yeah, act and then reflect. What would that feel like? Thank you so much, Sandra. Karen? Um, I would say bring the students along with you. Like we're talking about agency of the students or the students' agency, so there's no point us just making decisions or deciding things. And I guess in my cohort, where I'm really dealing with young adults, that becomes even more relevant. So, mm -hmm. yeah, bring the students along. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Carrie. Patty? Um, I'd say to be willing to go through that design process yourself, to uh, for it to be authentic uh, and to um, enable students to develop those capabilities. We have to be willing to develop them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll feel forced, it'll feel fake if uh, we don't have those ourselves. So if you really see those as important, you will be continuously working on those, finding strategies on what works for you and may work for someone else, and then obviously open up that door for, for students to be able to share that process with one another to, to again, be a we, helping one another mm. on developing these things. It becomes more real. It becomes, like I said, authentic. Mm. So um, I don't think it can happen if you don't go through that process yourself. Yeah, great. That's right. Teacher agency is something we need to consider alongside of student agency um, and the complexities that are involved with that and the capabilities that um, we need to allow for and to, to really have that in mind as a leadership when we're approaching the project. Um, I think we would washing machine ourselves a little bit better in that area. <laughs> So just be prepared for that. Fantastic. Jackie. Charlie, I'll, I'll hand to you for a, a final comment you know, on this idea lesson two, capabilities and agency. What's your piece of advice, perhaps? I, th I think all of that is really fantastic, this sense of um, going deeper, I suppose, being prepared to go deeper, which is sort of underlying all of that. And as you do, generating new relationships, generating more energy, generating more confidence, generating a sort of willingness to take the next step you know um has been so important to to what these schools have done and to take an aspiration and ambition and some ideas and then to embed it mm. in you know daily practice in and in what learning feels like that's what's been so impressive about it that it's um that sense of momentum that, that builds up so yeah um get get your get get a sense of momentum by by acting and thinking and reflecting on your action um, and that constant cycle i suppose is the most important thing i think that i've come away with it mm. uh, away from it with 
Thank you so much, Charlie. And an enormous thank you to Jackie, you, Heidi, Carrie, and Sandra for sharing your journeys with us today and for the work you continue to do. You've, uh, you've been listening to lesson two of a 10, lesson, uh, 10 lessons on agency, part of a 12-part series. Thank you for joining us today and we hope to see you next time. 